are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, Your team oh. every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how today's episode is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you picks previews and much more weekdays with the Peacock and Williamson podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network wherever you get podcasts it's Wednesday which means how you doing how you doing Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in the building. And so we will talk to her about how she thought of family night um, and, and what she's looking for this weekend as the Packers open their exhibition season against the Houston Texans. I want to talk about that and not specifically the Texans because, frankly, who cares? It actually doesn't matter. And I know that there is this intuitive... Uh, idea. Oh, the the better teams that you play in the preseason, the better uh, idea you get about the the quality of your players. Here's the problem. No one's playing their guys. Not really. I mean, you're going to get a possession or two ones versus ones. And those results are almost always misleading. I mean, I mean, it is silly to try and take anything from those kinds of situations, not schemed up, no game plan, just sort of us against you, vanilla versus vanilla. And sometimes defenses come in and they blitz the crap out of you to try and get some easy wins. And it's just sort of like, okay, congratulations, guys. And I think what we need to remember here, you know, the Texans are bad, but that doesn't matter because it's really about who's going to play the hardest. The importance of the exhibition games is not the level of competition. Not really. The importance of the exhibition season is to get work for the guys who need the work. That means Jordan Love. That means A.J. Dillon. Right now, Aaron Jones is hurt. So A.J. Dillon is going to get first-team reps. He's going to play behind the first-team offensive line. He's going to play with Mercedes Lewis and Big Bob Tunyon and Devontae Adams if he plays and Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Same with Jordan Love. That is more important. It's more important that they're going against a team with a different jersey who run a different defense that they don't see in practice every day. That's the importance of the exhibition schedule, not the level of competition. Now, on the other hand, the level of competition matters in this way. If you are supposed to be a starter or you are supposed to be a key backup and you are playing backups, if you're like if you're playing a level down, basically, if you're supposed to be a starter and you're playing against second stringers or you're supposed to be a second stringer and you're playing against third stringers and borderline practice squad players, borderline NFL players, you better look good. You better look good. 
Now, rookies get a little bit of a pass because they're still trying to figure out the NFL. This is their first chance to play actual NFL football. The exhibition season cranks up the intensity and the speed from training camp. It's another level in, in the regular season. And of course, it's another level in the postseason. Every rookie talks about the speed and that difference. So you do want to look for that. So if you're someone like Josh Jackson, for example, and they don't play Jair Alexander and they don't start him and it's Josh Jackson and Eric Stokes, it doesn't really matter if Eric Stokes has some issues. Now, the Texans do not have any receivers. Uh, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to play. We know Deshaun Watson is not going to play. If Tyrod plays, it's going to be a possession or two. You probably want Eric Stokes to play a half, Josh Jackson to play a half. If you're getting beat by those receivers, I mean, by those guys, okay, that's a that's a problem if you're Josh Jackson. If you're Eric Stokes, you're a rookie, you're, you're figuring out the NFL. Uh, Josh Jackson's got to know. So if he's going up against Isaiah Coulter and Kiki QT and Andre Roberts, I mean, these are backups. You can't get burned by these guys. Alex Erickson, Chris Conley. These are backup players. You can't get beat by those guys. And the same goes for the offensive line, for example. If you're Lucas Patrick and you're playing in the second quarter and you're going up against Jaleel Johnson and these backup players, backup pass rushers, uh, you, you better be able to hold your own. Jordan Jenkins, Joe Thomas, who's on this team, if he's making plays all over the field, you're going, why? If you're Marquez Valdez-Scantling or you're uh, Equinemius St. Brown and you can't beat some of these backup, backup, backup corners, that's a problem. That's a problem. What you want to see is guys playing hard and you want to see them executing your stuff. So this is all going to be vanilla. We're going to see a lot of outside zone. We're going to see a lot of split zone in the run game. A lot of play action boot. Basic stuff. None of the exotic stuff. Matt LaFleur said as much. None of the exotics. And you probably won't see any of the, the you know, they have the base play and then they have the play off the play. Like they, they run a million variations of mesh. You're not going to see the call that they call after they've run mesh two, three times. That's just not going to happen. So you, you have to execute the base plays. Plus, every time you you change the group out, you know, Jordan Love is going to play with a group. And then he's probably going to play with a second group. And then Kurt Banker is going to play. He's going to play with another group. Well, now you sort of have to go back. And now you want to see all those guys, the new guys, run new stuff. So you just have to adjust your expectations. Defensively, same kind of deal. You're not scheming up anything. You're not game planning for anything. It is just execute, do your job. So let's go back a couple years. Ty Summers, he's all over the field making tackles. That was a good sign early because it means he's, he's really just playing on instinct, see ball, get ball, fast enough to get to the ball carrier. And then the more we saw him, the more tackles he started to miss. And we're talking about tackles against backup running backs, backup receivers, 
backup tight ends. That's a red flag. If you can't tackle those guys, you have no shot to tackle Alvin Kamara. You have no shot to tackle Saquon Barkley. You have no shot to tackle Mike Evans in the open field. That is a problem, right? So defensively, you want to make sure that everyone is playing their responsibilities. Is the cornerback where he needs to be at the proper depth? Are they playing off when they need to play off? Are they pressing when they need to press? Are the safeties rotating when the safeties need to rotate? Are the linebackers fitting where they're supposed to be fitting? And if you make a mistake, do you have the ability to recover? Because you're going to make mistakes. If you're Eric Stokes, what you want to see is not a perfect game. He's not going to play a perfect game. But you want to see the speed in recovery. You bite on an outfake for a receiver. He breaks to the post. Can you? Do you have the speed to recover against their receivers? Against real NFL receivers? If Brandon Cooks is out there, does he look faster than you? If Nico Collins, Anthony Miller, those guys are out there, do they look faster than you? You hope not because theoretically, at this point in your respective careers, you should be faster than all those guys. Remember Ahmad Carroll? I think he ran 4 2 And he was consistently beat down the field. And you're just going, how can you be that fast and have guys running away from you? And it wasn't all double moves. So do you have the awareness at the line of scrimmage? Do you have the technique at the line of scrimmage? Do you have the balance to flip your hips and turn and run with these receivers? That's what you want to see. The This is the ultimate process over outcome. If they lose the game, who cares? If you make some mistakes, who cares? How do you respond to those mistakes? This is about playing your role and executing what you want to do. It's not going to tell us a lot about the scheme. It's not going to tell us a ton because it's going to be all base stuff. So we may see some disguise, some coverage disguise. We may, okay, oh, they're playing a lot of cover four. More than last year, okay. Maybe that tells us something, that that is a base package. That's informative. That's useful information. But I don't I don't know that we should say and make any sort of sweeping judgments and go, okay, this is what they're going to be doing. Well, yes, but it's going to have these variations. It's going to have this window dressing. And Matt LaFleur, you know, God bless him. He does not want to give away the ghost on this. He did not want to say, yeah, we're going to run our base plays. And he, what he wanted to say was, we're just not going to dress it up. It's not going to look anything like it's going to look in the regular season. And that's true. In practice, they ran the, the little uh, boot flood concept with the split zone action. And rather than bringing a tight end across the formation, they did it with a receiver. That's a wrinkle. Maybe that is something that they'll show in the preseason. That's as far as it's going to go, I think. So, and it's just another thing to think about for teams. Oh, if they if they use that jet motion, is he dead in the play or is that going to be a wheel route? And now all of a sudden you got to account for that stuff. Sometimes you do put things on tape just to get teams thinking about it. Oh, oh. But let's not make any sort of sweeping judgments about scheme and about approach and about any single player, especially after just one game. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. No pun intended. Okay. A little bit of a pun intended. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. We've got NFL preseason action, NBA Summer League action. Yes, you can bet on that. UFC, and there is still plenty of golf to be played out there. The FedEx Cup, uh, a lot of fun to be had on the golf course as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs in baseball and as teams get set to start their season in the NFL. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Packers football is officially back, not just training camp. The Packers under the lights over the weekend at family night and again under the lights this weekend as the exhibition season kicks off. And joining me to talk about all of that is our friend from Fox 6 in Milwaukee, Lily Zhao, to ask the proverbial question. Lily, how you doing? Hey, Peter, I am doing great dealing with the heat like I know we all are, but doing great. And just got to say, how you doing? I'm good. Also, also dealing with the heat a little a little sweaty in, in my neck of the woods, uh, but that's OK. We're going to fight through. Um, it's it's, I guess, football weather, like early season football weather, I guess. Um, we Speaking of, we got actual football weather for family night. Some rain it was a little a little. Uh, a little ugly on the field. Uh, we had some some fumbles and some bad snaps, but but some fun stuff as well. What was your big takeaway from family night? I, I will say just with the weather element, I'm like, you can't have family night without some sort of weather event. That's just mm-hmm. like whenever family night is scheduled on the calendar, it's like something's going to happen with the weather. But I'm happy that fans were allowed back in after not doing one last year. They got to see the players. We got to see Jordan love. Um, we got to see Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers. but I would just say like, you know, the, the younger guys got an opportunity. I know there was some, not the cleanest football ever just because of the weather, but it was nice seeing Jordan love out there getting his reps. Uh, KB Ento, who talked today, former wide receiver turned cornerback. I think he's made a lot of strides as well. Um, chain and Sullivan, I thought impressed. Um, just, just these younger guys, I feel like, you know, just who haven't had a lot of snaps in the past or at all. Um, it was good to see them on the field, but I would say those two guys impressed. And then, I mean, I know we don't really talk about him a lot though, even though he scored the most touchdowns, but Robert Tunyon, mm-hmm. I mean, trust me, and I'm excited to see what he can do with another year with Rogers. Cause he also was, you know, catching some touchdowns today at practice. Big Bob Tunyon in full effect. It is, it's just like if you catch everything and you play with Aaron Rodgers, like you're probably going to be okay. And, (laughs) and like that, that is how Rodgers works. That's how this offense works. And that's the value of someone like Big Bob. I also thought it was interesting. We we heard from Matt LaFleur after uh, family night. In fact, he was talking on Monday about, about seeing Jordan Love. And some of the ball security things in, in family night, he had the fumble, a couple of fumbled exchanges and that was something that you're just not going to see in practice because you can't get close enough to the quarterback for him to be that concerned, for the, him to have to move around that kind of way. These are the uh, the reps that we just haven't seen Jordan Love make. Exactly. And that's, you know, well, we're going to get a big taste of it Saturday against the Texans because Matt LaFleur said Jordan Love's getting the bulk of the reps. Aaron Rodgers not expected to play. And then Kirk Bankert obviously going to be relieving Love, which, you know, this is all this is what we all expected at this point. Um, but just to kind of see him not even going up against his own teammates on Saturday, it's it's how does he handle those 
in-game reps because he hasn't played in a football game in 19 months. When he takes the field on Saturday, 19 months since he played in the Senior Bowl following college uh, back in January of 2020. So it's been a long time since he's been kind of in that environment with guys rushing at him. So hopefully those fumbles and just those bad exchanges were just kind of gotten, you know, got away with it, um, got that out of his system at family night, and he can play some clean football on Saturday because that's what we want to see, right? We want to see the progression he has made. Um, and just just seeing what he looks like in a game in a Packers uniform, hopefully throwing some touchdowns, potentially scrambling. I mean, that's all the stuff we want to see. So just get the kinks out of the way and then we'll be good to go. Who are the other players? I mean, we talked about this before family night and we got to see some of them. You know, Mari Rogers, um, one of the first plays he, he was in there. They, they ran something for him um, other than the rookies, though. Are there guys that that you're keeping an eye on, whether it's someone like, you know, Jay Sternberger, who hasn't been out there much because he's been hurt, Josiah DeGuara, who's coming back from injury? Who are some of the non-rookies but on on the younger side, potentially, who who you are really excited to see out there? Yeah, I would 100% say uh, Josiah DeGuara because he was a guy that we thought, you know, came on really strong in his rookie season. And then, of course, tore his ACL. We haven't seen him since then. But the good news is he's been back in practice um, excited to see what he can do though, because he's just a big stout guy. So I I think it's gonna be really fun to see what he can contribute because of course that tight end room is already very stacked with Tanyan and Mercedes and Jace. So what can he bring to the table? I think he's gonna be fun to watch. Um, I would say De- Devondre Campbell. I know he's not a young guy by any means, but what can he look like in this defense? Um, excited to see what he can do as well. And then let's see who else is there. I feel like just Jordan Love, though. I mean, I know we've talked about him ad nauseum, probably, and I'm sure he's heard it nope, all. Let's do more. Let's talk more about Jordan Love. Like, you know, I, it's just we've talked about it for so long. It's just what will he look like? I mean, everyone wanted to see him after he got drafted. COVID hit, didn't have a you know preseason, offseason, whatnot. But now there's an opportunity to see him in a Packers uniform on Saturday. So I think those three guys would be uh, just guys to look forward to. Yeah, and and someone that I'm really interested to see in a game, um, I I, I want to ask you about, but I but I can't I can't start on the football side w- with this guy. And and Devin Funchess made a couple plays in in Family Night, and you go, okay, yeah, that's right, that guy is huge. He's he's very agile. He has a lot of on field talent, but what he said after the game, I, I think, overshadowed that performance. And I I just I wanted to get your reaction to it. Uh, he was one of those guys when, you know, I followed him kind of throughout his career. And then when I found out he was landing in Green Bay, uh, just super excited because he's one of those guys that, you know, can make a big impact. You know, we've seen him on the field. He's got long legs. He's lengthy. He's got a good vertical, good hands. It's he can add another piece to this offense. And, you know, you kind of have to wonder last year if he had actually played what this offense could have been. You know, could they have been much better than they were? And they were the best. Um, so he has the, the, the ability, he has the, the tools to really fit in well on this offense. And obviously a lot of wide receivers in that 90 man roster right now. So it's who can they keep? And I I think he has the tools, the physical tools, uh, the respect from Aaron Rodgers to make the roster, but you kind of have to kind of take what he says, what he said after family night and just scratch your head a little bit because, you know, we, we've talked about it at length on social media. It was not acceptable. Um, it was a racial slur. It was, you know, that combined with the motion, with the eyes. You, you could question whether or not he said what he said, but that with the motion, he apologized. He said it, you know, 
it needs to be an educational moment. No one's asking him to get canceled. No one's asking him to get cut. No one's asking him, anybody to slander him in that kind of way. But there needs to be an educational moment in saying it's a slur. You don't want to normalize using it when talking about certain smiles, certain eyes, whatnot. It should not be normalized because it is a racial slur and it is offensive to Asian Asians and Asian Americans. Um, I'm, I'm happy he apologized. I'm happy the team has addressed it with him, but it needs to be a learning moment in saying, I might've said this in the past, but I know what it means. I know it's offensive and it shouldn't be used moving forward. And I'm hoping our discussions on social media have educated other fans, perhaps who might not have known as well, because I feel like with everything that's been going on with Asian Americans and Asian American hate, especially this year, um, it, it's just educating other people that, yeah, we're out there still. You know, we still have a voice. Um, we still hurt when people do and say certain things, even though they might not mean it, which, again, I truly believe that Devin didn't mean it in a hurtful way. Um, but it just needs to be a, a learning and educational movement, move, or moment moving forward. Yeah. And, and, I, you know, I addressed it a little bit yesterday. Um, uh, you weren't here, so that's okay. Um, and, and I thought Pablo Torre put it really well, um, on his show when he said, you know, a lot of people don't, don't realize how hurtful this is. And that's part of the problem. So we can say, okay, he didn't mean it that way, but he should have known better. And, and hopefully now more people know that it's just, it's not an acceptable thing to say. And it is, it is hurtful. Um, Back to the football, because, you know, um, that is uh, I think it's important to address that. But um, I, I do want to talk about the football as well. Obviously, the offensive line is is a big um, I don't want to say question mark, because I, th I think we all assume it's going to be really good when David Bakhtiari is is out there and, and healthy. But there are a lot of questions and, and really jobs that are that are to be won here still. How how do you see this playing out with the offensive line? Yeah, that's a good question, Peter, because we're going to see how, you know, these young guys really do up front, especially with the preseason. That's the good part, right? It's there are a lot of moving parts on this offensive line. But the good news is they have three games to kind of get, you know, their feet under them to get set to just kind of get in the flow of playing on a line with these five guys. And I think in years past, it's always been a we know exactly who's starting at left tackle all the way to right tackle. We know who's starting at center. Right. With Corey Lindsley gone, with all these guys gone, it's, um, you know, who can really make the most, the biggest impact? You know, I feel like the Packers are going to be fine at left tackle with Elton Jenkins. He has been a stud since he's gotten here, and he's played so well so far during camp, like we knew he would. So I think he's going to be filling in perfectly fine uh, for when Bakhtiari gets back. Um, intrigued to see how Josh Myers does just because he's such a big dude. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers even mentioned this is the biggest center I've ever had. Um, so it's, can they, you know, if Rodgers gets in there for the third preseason game per se, how does that exchange look? Um, so just kind of seeing how these newer guys fit along will be uh, very interesting. But I feel like, again, on the left side, they'll be fine with Elton um, filling in for David whenever hopefully he comes back. I want to circle back to Jordan Love because um, he is going to get uh, probably all, if not the vast majority of first team work in the preseason. But you also want to see him with Devontae Adams and you want to try and balance, you know, getting some of these veterans guys rest. But also you want to see what what Love and, and Adams can do together. You want to see Love behind a competent offensive line. You don't want him just back there, you know, in the second and third quarters when you've got your third stringers in there. He doesn't have any time to do anything. You want to see 
in in good circumstances what he can do. So how do you how do you think the Packers try and walk that line of of getting the veterans some rest, but also they need to they need to get an evaluation on Jordan Love. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You have to create a balance of obviously I know Matt LaFleur said they're gonna have select veterans not playing on Saturday, but again, you do need those guys to 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 get a gauge of what Jordan can really do. You know, because you know, worst case scenario, Rodgers is out with an injury. Knock on wood, we all know that hopefully won't happen or don't want that to happen. But if he is, it's if Jordan doesn't have any rapport, he doesn't have any connection with these number one receivers, it's not going to bode well in the regular season if he's asked to come in. Um, and even in scrub time, hopefully, if that's the case, it's, you know, he still needs to have a rapport with these receivers and not just, you know, the twos or the threes. So I, I think you will see him slinging it to Devontae Adams, to Randall Cobb, to MBS um, uh, for a couple of, hopefully, a couple series or just even a series at at best um, because we do, we do need to see that rapport between quarterback and receiver if we want him to be successful down the stretch. Defensively, um, Joe Barry is is bringing energy. Everyone, like to a man, is talking about Joe Barry's <laughs> energy. The problem for us, as we try and evaluate what this defense is going to look like, is the preseason, they don't scheme. They don't game plan. It's we're going to run our stuff, and we're going to run probably the most vanilla version of our stuff. And for the Packers, the the heart of the Joe Barry experience that we think we're going to get with the Brandon Staley Vic Fangio stuff is a lot of disguise. It's a lot of stuff that you're not going to want to show. So what do you want to see? What are you looking for defensively here with this team? Yeah. And that was, you know, I think the big question for us when that floor even got here, right? It's what does his offense look like? I think that's, there's the same kind of intrigue now with Joe Barry a couple of years later is, what does his defense look like? Because like you mentioned, they're not going to do anything crazy, nothing exotic, nothing, you know, quote unquote, exciting defensively because they're just going to play some basic defense and get their starters in for a couple reps and then have the young guys play. So it's, I don't know if we're going to get any sort of indication of what his system will look like in the regular season, but I think it'll be a good chance to see these younger guys just get some reps and see what they can do, you know, even against, you know, a basic offense from the Texans or whoever they're playing down the line. Um, what I'm kind of in, in, intrigued to see though, is that first game against the saints. It's, do, I, I know we've heard what we want to see from Joe Barry, right? It's, can that actually be executed? And can we be surprised in a good way in terms of seeing how these guys move along the field and how they attack the quarterback? And can they actually get those, those run gaps stuffed, you know, because that's been an issue in the past. It's, I think because there's always been this level of, we need a championship defense. I think if they can take a solid step forward in week one, because we will have basically no evidence, visual evidence of what they will look like. That will be the exciting part to really build off of that because yeah, like I mentioned, it's, you know, when Matt LaFleur and his offense came in, it was, what is that going to look like? We saw week one against the Bears and it wasn't terribly exciting. So hopefully there's a better feel this time around with Joe Barry's defense. I can't wait to see the Packers against a team in a different jersey. That is, I mean, it's great to see them on family night. Great for the fans to, to get out there, even in, in rainy Lambeau. But it's just different when you're playing another team. And I think I speak for basically everyone in Packers Nation when I say I cannot wait to see it and cannot wait to have you back to talk about it. Thanks, Lily. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk 
to her. She is a favorite, a fan favorite, and I really appreciate her insight on not just the football part of this, but obviously speaking as an Asian American, um, she has unique insight on the Devin Funches situation, what that word means, and um, hopefully can help educate those who just were not aware of of what was um, uh, the, the severity of, of what was said and what was done. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it is such a versatile snack. It is such a versatile food. I have it for breakfast in the morning sometimes. I have it as a pre-lunch snack. Of course, I have it before workouts. I have it after workouts. I have it mid-afternoon. Just about any time you can think to have a built Bar or just eat, period. That's when I have a built Bar because they're delicious. That's the thing. They're delicious, like legitimately not delicious for a health food snack, not delicious for a protein bar. Delicious, full stop, in a vacuum, delicious. And with flavors like peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut almond, I mean, what else do you expect? They are the truth. And just because you're a Locked On listener, when you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are going to be back tomorrow. More to come Friday. We're gonna, I think we're going to try and go live. I think we are going to try and go live Friday, uh, Friday evening, uh, and have a little happy hour locked on special uh, because it is before the game. Guess what? It's before the game, so that will be fun. Uh, and maybe we do a quick live after the game. Thinking about that, let me know if that's something that you guys want to do. Uh, I think it could be fun because it is a Saturday and not a Sunday. Sunday, you know, I don't want to do a live after the game and spoil the podcast for Monday, but on a Saturday game, maybe we do a quick live after the game, talk about it a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, we can, we can just have some fun with that. And then I'll record my show a little bit later. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Great place to let me know what you think. Follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on Packers, uh, subscribe on, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. 